Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And welcome to the second edition of the Chiefs Draft Special, brought to you by Windows World, the official window of the Kansas City Chiefs. Jay Bakley with special guest, Ron Kopp, ArrowheadPride.com. Welcome, Ron. Jay, really appreciate you having me on, man. Now, this has been so fun to do all offseason. Uh, you kept bringing me on, even in the season, you know, but... Uh, Draft season. There's nothing like draft season, man. Breaking no, down isn't. prospects, all the possibilities, all the all the different things that can happen. I love it, man. I love it. Thanks and, for having me on. And please welcome producer extraordinaire Julio Sanchez. Julio, come on down. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank You're, you very much. Nice. It just felt like introductions were proper with that music. It seemed like introduction type music. You know what I'm saying? It took us a while to get there, didn't it? Like draft type music. Yeah, it, it felt like introduction type music. So good to have you, Ron. We're one week away from the NFL draft. Yes, you we were are. with me last week. We talked a lot of, uh, well, Julio, this is uh, geek out time. And you know what? This is okay now. I know you've accused me at this at times, and this is where it's acceptable. This is your platform. This is in the right wheelhouse to talk this. I, th- I think I had Nor- Thor on one time, Nystrom, the draft guy, and you're like, I like that stuff, but it was like pretty detailed. <laughs> it, was like, it was hardcore. It, it was hardcore. Well, Thor will join us tonight at 7 o'clock, so that'll be fun. Talking to Thor, one of my favorite draft guys. Yeah, in really the good, business. really good draft uh, Twitter follow. Really and good I, Twitter follow. And I have Josh Edwards from CBS. I like him too. He's the editor over there at CBS. He just put out a seven round mock, which I got a lot of respect for. I, I put out seven round mocks, but only the Chiefs. I mean, I don't go every team, all thirty two teams yeah. in the NFL seven rounds. So, and hey, I, I've got my thirty two pick uh, regular mock draft for all thirty two teams, and it's tough because sometimes you're like, I get this guy twice. Yeah, like, I didn't mean to have this guy. Like it is so easy to do. I can imagine how of. easy that's to do in a seven round all team mock. Uh, yeah, when- it's, it's it's these guys, it's these it's these experts that uh, that have a lot of intel, right? You know, you're looking at you know you know who teams have met with and everything, but to put it all together, man, to go all seven rounds, uh, probably drive them crazy. To you know, you're probably going, you know, by the fifth round, you're probably like, all right, what am I doing here? You got to well, stick why? with the board. You got to stick with the board because you can't do a bunch of trades because then you start really confusing yourself of mentally. If of you course, start yeah, having a yeah, lot of teams yeah, trading I'm, picks I, and oh yeah, we gave up a third rounder at Pittsburgh earlier. What are we gonna do now? So, but that's the thing, people eat it up, man. That's why they do it, man. Oh, they I, do. I, I love them. I, I click love on them. them. I, I read them. So I mean, I read every eat single them, mock out there, and we got <laughs> I got all the uh, mocks uh, from different people. Uh, Kuiper and McShay did one together. Uh, from ESPN.com, and of course, Kuiper had the Chiefs trading down for Jamison Williams before, but this was interesting because they went pick after pick. 
So it was McShay, then Kuiper, then yeah. McShay, then Kuiper. And I'll tell you who they selected for the Kansas City Chiefs because they both had a dart to throw at the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll do that later on the show. And I'm really looking forward to this. Lucas Cruel, who played at Mill yeah. Valley. He played at the University of Florida, and he played at Pittsburgh with Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett was his quarterback, second team all ACC. Uh, Lucas is a big dude. He visited the Chiefs, top 30 visit. He was one of the guys to visit the Kansas City Chiefs. He's a tight end, played locally at Mill Valley, won a couple state championships out there, went to Florida, graduated in like two years or three years. Yeah. Then he went and got his MBA at Pittsburgh, was a tight end for the Panthers. And an uh, interesting guy. He worked out with Kenny Pickett. Then later on, he worked out with the late uh, Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, yeah. And I know he's, a, he's got a really interesting backstory. I mean, he committed to originally play baseball, uh, you know, at the University of Arkansas. It's a big pitcher, man. Yeah. And, and then, you know, actually, you know, even played at another college at baseball before finally deciding, hey, I'm, I'm going to try, you know, f- football again. Somehow, you know, from baseball, went to go play at directly to the University of Florida for football. I mean, you know, that's that's how impressive he was in high school. And I remember my, you know, funny enough, we were in the same graduating class in the same area, never played against each other, but definitely remember him dominating high school. So I am not surprised that he is, you know, a, a, a prospect that people are kind of, you know, a sleeper kind of prospect in this. Draft. I read somewhere he was at Jefferson College and Jeff City he had like 27 strikeouts in the 16 innings. <laughs> he was drafted in the 34th round by the Giants. Yeah. So he has been drafted yeah, in Major League Baseball. Right. And has a chance to go in the NFL draft this season, put up huge numbers at his pro days. I mean, very... Four five four at six foot, yeah. and uh, two hundred sixty pounds. So he's an impressive. Uh, yeah, no, he, it's it's not just the Chiefs that are like uh, that. He's a, a guy that people are looking out for. I feel like it's a whole NFL thing. He's a he's a, a wide, you know, a, a someone that you know is kind of a sleeper guy that everyone's starting to notice a little bit. Yeah, with those athletically, numbers. he finished top four of all tight ends and yeah. like the vert and the forty and the shuttle time and everything else. Is, it's insane just how good he is. But also your mock drafts as well nine one three five seven six. 7610, the Jay Southland Tow Service text line. I know you guys send in mock drafts all the time. I'm sure Ron gets a lot of them. I get a lot of them. I don't know if you do or not. But the, oh, it's daily. Oh, a lot of people want me to, to grade it. What do yeah. you think of this or that? Or You know, I, I've learned this offseason that I'm not as big of a mock draft guy as, as like the general, like, you know, the the, the typical uh, football nerd draft nerd is. I just, I don't know. I don't do as many mock drafts as I feel like a lot of these guys do. I see them every day. Uh, and our Arrowhead Pride Slack chat guys are sending mock drafts every day. I just I I, I don't like doing it too much because I feel like that you know a lot of the simulators don't have the 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 value right in my opinion. You know you're yep. you're picking you know uh, you know guys that aren't going to be there and and picking guys at 62 that you don't even think are going to be there at 29 or 30 because it's not updated. Yeah, no, I don't know, but it, it is fun to see all the different mocks, all the different possibilities. And you mentioned the seven round mocks, man. Yeah, I, I just, how do you even know some of these seventh round prospects you're, you're drafting uh, a lot of the time? You're just throwing darts, but that's what it's all about, man. That, that's why I love mock season. And the Chiefs have three seventh round picks, so they're gonna, you know, they're gonna use something with them. Well, it, it's fun, it is what it is. And Pro Football Focus and Pro Football Network, all these places have draft simulators. Yeah, exactly. So you can get in there and play around with it. I like to put one out. I put 4.0 out today, yes. 610sports.com. And I'm not real wishy washy, too. What I do is, a series of one, 1.0, 2.0, 3.0, and I call them mixed guys in. I'll, like I've had Boye Mafe uh, in the first round, a couple of them, and I have Christian Watson, a lot of them. Did he make four or not? But I put an and or in there as well because yeah. there's another receiver I really like. Kind of off the beaten path, a lot of you know questions, will this be a first round or not? And I like to pick guys where you pick them because if you miss on them and somebody else gets them, you might be kicking yourself later like I had a chance. Like all the people slept on Cooper Cup going to third round, yeah. they're like, could have had this guy in two straight rounds. I mean, he's a first rounder. Yeah. I mean, there's no question about it. Cooper Cup 
is a first rounder. At that point, you draft a guy from Eastern Washington, and people are saying, what are you doing? Or you're getting Jeremy Chin from Southern Illinois, yeah. and he's become one of the best safeties in the National Football no, that, League. That's actually a really good point because I, I do think there's a lot of value in, in just these smaller school guys because no matter how good you do at a D2 level, like at, at some point a team's not going to trust you enough maybe to, to take you in the you know a high pick, second or third round, uh, maybe is the highest you can go as, as a small school prospect, right? And so someone that the Chiefs have actually met with that I've highlighted on the site for Arrowhead Pride is Fayetteville State's cornerback uh, Joshua Williams. He's a, a bigger build, big dude, but he played at a D2 level. And, you know, some, as someone that likes to watch, you know, a, a full game, a guy, a, a, some all 22 film, if I can get it, you can't find it with, with a D2 guy. And so I, I do think there's, there's something to that where, you know, just because he didn't play at a D1 level, just because there wasn't a lot of exposure, he just can't go that high. So you automatically are getting a value because, hey, what if, you know, he, he might be as talented as some of these other guys. It's just so hard to tell when he didn't play at a D1 level. It may have a chip on his shoulder. Now, Cooper Cup right. was kind of different. I, I love, These mock drafts, I had him mock the Chiefs a few times because he led the all-time yeah. leader in the NCAA in receptions. Crazy and stats. You don't do that by accident. Like, yeah. you don't – I don't care what level you're playing. It's right below, you know, Division One, And, of course, North Dakota State, I have no problem picking somebody from there. They play Division One teams, yeah, and they just win national championships, and they keep filling their fingers yeah. full of, of of winning national titles. So I have no problem doing that whatsoever. I don't like to be wishy washy either. If I, I pick somebody and I really like them, I don't like to all of a sudden take them out and put somebody else in because then it's like, did I really like them or was I just lying about how much I liked them well, before? But the second and third round, I do switch things up quite a bit from guys earlier on or maybe new guys that I didn't pick. That I'm like, well, okay, let's 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 find the best picks I like in the second, third round, fourth round, and we'll throw them in to this mock draft. So not a lot of changes in 4.0. Yeah, what well, a few. Yeah, no, North Dakota State's kind of different in my opinion because you're right; they are looked at as as closer to a D1 program than than someone that's actually at a D2 level where it's 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 not even FCS; it's Division Two where you're you're playing in front of what thousands of fans at the most. And uh, FCS does play Division One all the time. Yeah, exactly. I mean, North Dakota State's beaten KU and K State. Beaten K State sure. and they beat Iowa State. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So no, so I, I think North Dakota State doesn't get that same level of the value of the player. I think. You know, you, you see guys go, you know, pretty high for North Dakota. I mean, Carson Wentz was one of the top picks in the entire NFL draft. Um, Trey Lance just last year as well. So, yeah, but but other schools, I really do think, like, just because they're, you know, there's and there's a lot, of, especially at the cornerback position. I already mentioned Joshua Williams, but another guy, Zion McCollum, Sam Houston State, you know, that's a lower level of, of school. He's going to go lower just because of the school he went to, and he may be as talented as some of those guys. Montana so, State is a linebacker. That yeah. Talking oh, about man. Yeah. yeah. Well, he, he is he has become a really hot name, so I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a little overdrafted because, uh, you know, he's, his numbers were insane, um, and the NFL loves those kind of guys. Just You know, he's, he's almost like Taysom Hill, but, you know, maybe just, you know, on the defensive side of the ball where you can kind of throw him wherever. So we'll talk about that. Then I'll uh, let you grade my mock draft coming up here at 6.15. You gave me a B-plus last week. There's a few t- changes and tweaks. I'll try to talk you into these picks. Yeah, I like, I'll try it. to talk you into them because that's what I did last time. Arnold Ebicady was a guy that I tried to talk you into, and you did this great profile on him. You had yes. already planned to do it, but <laughs> you had this great profile on him coming. I was like, oh, this kind of reinforces what I did. And the old Juice team just came out. Yeah. And Charles Robinson uh, did uh, it, with a group of people from Yahoo to honor the late, great yes. Trez Paler that put out the old Juice team every year, and I really missed that. That's the stamp of approval. If your guy, uh, if you're mocking a guy and he's on, he's on that list. I mean, you got to feel good about your 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 mocking there. Uh, yeah, that's that's always a must read every every year on the Yahoo site. But yeah, no, I I, I really like Ibakadi, and I know we're going to get into it. But I I think it's just so important to Chiefs draft edge rusher in the first round, and and he just seems to be one of the most 
exciting prospects. Now, like that, that's the thing. That doesn't mean you're the best prospect. That doesn't mean you're the safest or the guy that's going to, you know, for sure turn out the, the best, but it does seem like he is the most exciting just because his, his juice as a, as a pure edge rusher flying off the line of scrimmage, getting around the corner. So I, you know, he, he is one of the most exciting picks for sure out of all positions, any position you could take in the first round. And uh, we didn't mention Troy Anderson when Montana state. Yeah, I think yeah. I did bring that up. Okay. Good stuff. So we'll do that. We'll do mock 4.0. It's over at 610 sports.com right now. We will do this and then talk to Josh Edwards, CBS, coming up at 6.30. We do all this next on the Chiefs Draft Special. You're listening to Bink's NFL Draft Special on 610 Sports Radio, brought to you by Window World, the official window of the Kansas City Chiefs. Welcome back to the Chiefs Draft Special. Jay Binkley with Ron Kopp, lead analyst over at arrowheadpride.com, and Julio Sanchez. We got a lot to get to the next three hours, all NFL draft. So that's what we're doing. It's it's Chiefs draft special, so it's all going to be NFL draft. You might say, "Well, you just talk to draft the whole night." Well, it's a Chiefs draft special. We had the Royals this afternoon. We got uh, Chiefs draft to talk about now because that is a huge topic at this point. Man, anyone saying you can't fill up three hours of draft talk has never met me and Jay Binkley. So I or never met you especially because I as long as I've known you as long as I've been uh, growing up in this city on uh, listening to 610 you can talk some drafts so any anybody not knowing they we can fill up three hours uh they they are they're new here I would say. So 4.0 came out today mock 4.0 put it out just a little bit ago you can check it out 610sports.com and I don't like to be wishy-washy as you know Ron but uh, uh, the last two mocks I didn't earlier, but the last two mocks, I went with Arnold Ibikati, the uh, edge from Penn State. I really like him, and I- I'm to the point where it's like, do I really want to trade up to get a Jermaine Johnson or just stay put and hope that Karloftis falls to the Chiefs, which I don't think he is. And uh, Karloftis kind of reminds me a lot of Tamba. I mean, he's got that edge. Maybe it's the Penn State in him. I'm not sure, but he led the uh, Big Ten in tackles for loss with 18 and a half. Yeah. Had nine and a half sacks. He's a guy that did make that old juice team. Yes. and But it's not why he's on my team because I liked him before that. Um, but 28 uh, and a half tackles for loss in his whole career was at Temple. Transferred to Penn State. Uh, Mill Kuyper absolutely loves Arnold Ibikati, who could make it to the second round. Well, yeah, the thing, I'm, I'm surprised the Tomba Holly comp doesn't come up more often with him because I feel like it makes a lot of sense. I, I know Tomba in college, he was more of a, just a straight-up 4-3 D, and Ibiketti nope. uh, was, was more of a stand-up guy, maybe more of a, an outside linebacker. Um, but at the same time, yeah, they, they are kind of similar players when you think about Tomba, just a pass rush specialist, man, just flying off that ball, knowing what to do when he, when he gets engaged with the offensive tackle, the handwork. Obviously, Ibiketti as a as a young player, he's he's not, he doesn't have that Tomba handwork yet, but he's he's someone that's a raw young football player, not completely raw, but someone that can work on that and has the raw skills to really become a really good player. I think it's a guy that could contribute and be a in the rotation right away. Right away, yes. this is not somebody you have to wait on like Ojabo or something like that if he's not ready with the Achilles. But this is what Mel Kiper had to say about him earlier. Arnold Ebiquette, Todd, still remains to me one of the guys I like. I, I think he's deserving of being in a lot of these first-round mocks. He's deserving of being a guy that you think is one of the best 35 players in this draft. Nine and a half sacks off the edge, 18 tackles for loss, two forced fumbles. James Franklin loved the fact that he came in from Temple, and he showed, like, up in here for three years. He came in humble, ready to work. He got that locker room right away. He went on that practice field and worked hard. Arnold Ebiketti has the mind, the makeup, the mindset, the 
physical and athletic ability is there. The production this year and at Temple was pretty good. It was great at Penn State this year. I think when you look at an outside backer getting off the edge, you provide some versatility, okay? Arnold Ebiquette, to me, is the guy, if he gets into the second round, Todd, uh, I think he's a heck of a pick. It could be a late one, but I still really like what Arnold Ebiquette will bring to a defense in terms of getting after the quarterback. You know, and this guy has the leadership ability. He went right into Penn State, and they all, you know, liked him. And he's got that that thing you like on, on a team, you know, mm -hmm. that leadership quotient, and he's got that. I mean, it, it, cares, it counts what he does on the football field. But being a leader of men counts as well. I've mentioned it before with you, but yeah, the one, two programs that you want to find guys from, I think Temple and Penn State are about as two good of programs. We're talking about the, the culture there. Temple has a really good culture in terms of just their their uh, you know their strength and conditioning program. And Penn State, it takes it to another level. So yeah, if you're, if you're going to find a guy from two schools, that's the way to do it. And I do want to point out real quick, because I have all the stuff printed out. Might as well use it, right? Uh, you bet. The consensus big board, which is something that Arif Hassan of The Athletic puts together every year, which is it, it, all the ex experts putting together their big boards into one consensus big board. Eba Ketty is actually number 50. So he's actually kind of underrated, um, in my opinion. I would put him closer to the top 30 in the big board. But he's number 50 on the consensus uh, experts big board, which is surprising to me. Yeah, and I'm sure Mel Kuyper likes him, though. He was, yeah. He's been talking about exactly. him being the first-round pick. And um, there's, just, there's just a lot to like about this guy. And I look at the end of the first round and think, okay, who could they really get yeah. an edge uh, to make a difference for this team? And I think he's the guy that I – I like him better than Boye Mafe, and I okay. like some of these other I picks. I do, too. But I like him better than that because he had production the whole time. Boye was sometimes tough to find the production. I like watching Don Terry Poe film. Now, if you just watch the Senior Bowl, he shined. He was a national team defensive MVP. So Boye Mafe shined in two yeah. sacks in that game. But again, I'm going for full production. And he blocked two field goals. <laughs> and his three cone time yeah. is six nine five, which is better than Jahan Dotson, a wide receiver from Penn State. He had a better broad jump and a better vertical and a better three cone time. Then their safety, Jaquan Brisker and Jahan Dodson. And it would have been top five wide receiver yeah. at the combine if he put that. That, that is. Huge for a dude that big. Well, no, anything under seven seconds for a receiver is actually really good. Anything under seven seconds for any other position is insane. And so, yeah, that, that is crazy. And I do, and I do want to point out too, just the fact that, you know, you, we talk about Penn state players. I mean, you know, yeah, Brisker, Ibiketti, you know, there's other guys too. Jesse played it uh, down, down the road. So yeah, Penn state puts out a lot of guys, but I do want to get into your, your second first round pick too. My second first round pick staying with Christian Watson. Mm -hmm. I've stayed with him. I thought about coming off because he does have a high drop rate, but his athletic profile is off the charts. His athletic profile is off the charts. Some people have him go as high as 22, yeah. 23. And he's not Olave. He's not Garrett Wilson. He's not Jameson Williams. But at the end, could he end up being just as good as one of those guys and you put him at number two or three receivers in two years or three years? I think he could uh, end up being in there. But I like the speed. I like the fact that he had 57 plays of 20 yards or more. That that wow. just did. That's an explosive that is a big type player. Stat. Wow. And I like the fact that he blocks. And I like he's 6'4 and runs a 4'3'6. That, <laughs> yeah. that helps too. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good fundamental to have or a good foundation to have. No. Yeah. That, that's the thing. It does seem like he's definitely going to be someone that's there. I, I don't think we have to worry about. I mean, I know you just said he, he, he's gone earlier in some mocks, but it does seem it like, him like 22. Or yeah, something. it does seem like he's going to be at 29 or 30 if the Chiefs want to take him. So in I the do, second round. I do think. Yeah, exactly. And actually, the consensus big board again has him at the 47th position. Yeah. So again, he, he is, you know, in terms of what the draft community thinks of him, he is more of a second round pick in, in the top. But that doesn't mean what the NFL thinks of him. So it'll be interesting. But you, the other guy, I want the other. Yeah, the other first round, of. I have Sky Moore. 
Yeah. And this is a guy Very interesting. that I had to really, really think about. He's 5'10", 195 pounds. Some people tell you he's the best route runner of the bunch. Yeah. Of, of the bunch. Even Garrett Wilson, Jameis Williams, everybody, the most crisp route runner in the draft. Uh, 171 catches in three years. Great blocker as well who can be used. I know they brought in Juju and MVS. So this is my thing. Okay. Do they need that 6'2", 6'3", 6'4", size? No, because they brought those guys in. Yeah. This could be that. He, he's a guy that catches everything. He's got quickness as well. But uh, a lot of people think he's a first-round pick, and even Chris DePasso, CBS, says if he doesn't go in the first round, two to three years, you'll agree he should have been. Yeah, no, he definitely does seem like he, he's such a technician in terms of his route running. It's so hard to know how effective it is when you're playing at Western Michigan rather than an SEC score. Because yeah, I fell school. for Dwayne Eskridge. Yeah, but I, I think it is a little different, though, because I do think Eskridge is a little more gadgety than Sky Moore is winning as a true receiver. He's winning on, you know, breaking guy off on a slant, you know, running great routes. It do, you can see that. So Probably the best route runner, in my opinion, in the bunch. Yeah, and I've actually, you know, th- this isn't a comparison that I thought of, but, you know, someone brought it up. Uh, Nate Tyson, the Athletic, mentioned Julian Edelman as a comparison when he thought of, when he watches Sky Moore, just that route running, that ability to get open over the, sh- you know, quick and short areas of the field, man, I... I could see it just his technician, just the way he the way he works in the sh- uh, middle area of the field. And I found this interesting too from NFL.com. Mark Ross, who is a personnel guy, not only for Andy Reid back in Philadelphia, but he's with the Giants for two of the Super Bowl wins. Okay. He was he was director of college scouting and everything else. He works for NFL.com. Brought him on a few times, but he's he's a Princeton guy. Played football there, but he was in the front office twice with the Giants for Super Bowls. So he's got two rings. And he says, "quote I've been saying for months now, Sky Moore is my favorite player in this year's draft." Whether big school wideouts or locks to go in round one, Moore has the under-the-radar prospect at the start of the pre-draft process. He can match any of those uh, receivers like Jamison and, and Drake London, those guys. Intelligence and skills. He has the talent and confidence to be a winning starter no matter where he is drafted. So that's yeah. coming from a personnel guy. Man. That's won two Super Bowls in the NFL. I know. It, it's actually him. For me, him and Watson, it actually is a tough. Uh, it's kind of a toss up for me a little bit. I, I like Watson's size and stuff, but man, Sky Moore can really get open. He's a really, he's someone that can come in right away. I feel like can create separation at the NFL. Level. And if he could play taller than he is, I mean, that's what, yeah, that's what uh, Tyreek did. Former played, quarterback too. He played, yeah, played yeah. taller than what he was. But coming up next, Josh Edwards from CBS.com, who's been mocking everywhere, including a seven round mock. We'll talk to him next. You're listening to Bink's NFL Draft Special on 610 Sports Radio. Brought to you by Window World, the official window of the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll go back to the Chiefs Draft Special right here in your home with the Kansas City Chiefs. Jay Bakley with Ron Kopp, lead analyst at Arrowhead Pride, Julio Sanchez as well. Time to talk again to, uh, well, he's been a contributor to the show. He's been on the show. He's a friend of the show at this point, uh, Josh Edwards from CBS. Josh, good evening. What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me on. Hey, we were just talking about you have a three-round mock out right now. You've been mocking like crazy, but I got a, I got some mad respect from anybody that sits down and does a seven-round mock. Now, I'll do seven rounds for just the Chiefs, but seven rounds with all the teams. Like, how do you do it without getting some of the names? You're like, did I put this name down in the fifth round or not? Did I use this name before? Like, how do you do that? Man, it is uh, very exhausting mentally <laughs> yes um, and you do go a lot you do go through a lot of uh second guessing yourself because there are times where you know i'll put down a name initially and then i'll come back and i'll say well i kind of like this player better <laughs> in this spot and then i'll forget to unmark him as being available again and forget to put him back into yeah. the mock draft so uh there's definitely a lot of that that goes on but 
um, it is rewarding once once you've completed it to be able to say that you've done it. No, it, it's fun. You've done a great job. You also had a piece out on Debo Samuel uh, over at CBS.com uh, on the sports side that, that that could make a difference in draft. I think you're 100% right because – you know, we we could tear I could tear up this mock draft within seconds if the Chiefs made a play on Debo Samuel. I don't think they will. I think he stays in San Francisco, but what do I know? Maybe he's moved, but we've seen like a Tyreek Hill. He says he's gonna be trading within minutes. <laughs> he's traded Debo hasn't. Right. So I don't know. What what do you think and uh, Josh? It is uh very confusing to me because it was said that he has an issue with the usage um, in San Francisco, and San Francisco has obviously been very creative in the way that they've used him. I mean, he's been lined up in the backfield. He's been lined up in the slot. Um, he's just a player that is a mismatch wherever he, he lines up on the football field. Um, you know, so if his issue is usage, I'm not sure that he carries as much value to other teams in a different role. I mean, who he is is wh- why he has so much value. Um, so if his issue is that he doesn't want to be used as a running back uh, and to, to take more hits, then, you know, and possibly cost him that guaranteed money, that huge contract down the line that maybe he covets, then, you know, if, if San Francisco is willing to pay him now, wouldn't that solve some of those issues? So um, I don't know. It's, it's got to come together quickly. I mean, San Francisco can refuse to trade him if they want. Uh, it would be very risky, but if they do come to the decision that they are going to trade them, then it's got to be done very soon because this is a team with Super Bowl aspirations. So uh, to go into training camp with you know an extra pick in 2023 as opposed to a Debo Samuel, uh, that's not helping your team for this coming season. And then what they do, Josh, you're absolutely right. I mean, you look at his production with receptions way down uh, the last half of the season, the rushes way up. Uh, yeah, I'd love to see what Andy Reid could do with Debo Samuel. I mean, there's just a million things that would probably keep him up up at night thinking about you know ways to get him in this offense. But, again, I saw the same thing with Tyreek Hill the whole time, the whole time he was drafted and everything he did with the Chiefs. And, and the, the punt returns, jet sweeps, running out of the backfield, all that stuff diminished when they found out what kind of receiver he was. And that's really what he's been concentrating on. And I know Miami wants to put him more in the backfield and stuff like that, but I think Andy Reid knows that – you start putting a receiver back there, running back, and I understand the money's completely different. It's double for receivers than running backs when they're tagged. But, yeah, I mean, if it's worried about wear and tear, that's that's something Andy Reid went away from with Tyreek Hill. No question. It's, uh, it's a cost of doing business. I mean, you know, so many players are moving away from the running back position because it shortens your playing career. Um, you know, conversely, you would think that coaches do not want their players to have shortened playing careers. Um, and it's been a devalued position. You know, you, you typically take more hits at that position so you don't play as long. Uh, so to play your star wide receiver um, at the running back position just doesn't make a lot of sense because at that point you're paying a running back, you know, 20-plus million dollars a year, which, you know, defeats, defeats the purpose. We kind of come back to this argument of you don't pay running backs. You don't expect them to be around for a second contract. And now you're putting one of your best players on offense in that position. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, Josh. And 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 let's go. Let's get into it though, because Jay's burying the lead. I mean, you have a three round mock draft you just dropped today, and that's what I want to get into real quick. Uh, is, is is just what's going on with the Chiefs at twenty nine and thirty? Um, you have them taking Jahan Dotson, the Penn State wide receiver, and also Kyrie Elam, the Florida cornerback. Now, anyone who's listened to me over the draft process knows that I would be a big fan of this mock draft. 
So, yeah, I just wanted to get your thoughts real quick on Jahan Dotson, Kyrie Elam, why you went uh, those guys to go to Kansas City in the first round. No question. I mean, cornerback, uh, wide receiver, edge rusher, those have kind of been the positions I've been drawn to for Kansas City in mock draft situations. Um, Kyrie Elam is a bigger, more physical cornerback, a guy that I don't think gets enough respect in terms of first-round projections. Um, I think he has that kind of ability in, in, in terms of you know being a man-coverage cornerback. Uh, when you're looking at cornerbacks in the first round, you're hoping to get a guy that has that man coverage flexibility that, you know, you can possibly play him in zone, but you want to have the option to play him on an island if you need to. Um, Jahan Dotson is just, you know, he, he's a bit undersized, but a guy that has sure hands and has been able to show that he can make an impact at all three levels. Yeah. Um, you know, and when you look at what Kansas City has done on offense, that's a perfect fit. I mean, Andy Reid has, you know, been known as one of the most creative offensive minds in the game. Um, so there's no question that he's going to be able to find a way to use Dotson to his uh, fullest potential, much like he did with Ty- Tyreek Hill. Man, I totally agree. I think uh, around here sometimes I kind of hear the Jahan Dotson not, you know, it's, it's a pick that's not as exciting, I feel like, to some Chiefs fans. But I, I really agree. You know, he's not the George Pitt- Pickens, that high ceiling guy, but he is someone that's going to be really reliable, in my opinion. So I agree with you there. But one position you didn't take was was edge, and I do think the Chiefs fan base, you know, I think we all know, hey, they need to be addressing the edge position. So I am, I, I see that you take DeMarvin Leal and uh, Perrion Winfrey back-to-back in the second round. I'm someone that sees Leal maybe as more of an edge, so I wonder if that's maybe you're thinking here. What are your thoughts going, uh, you know, taking those two in the second round for the Chiefs? Yeah, I think you're building depth a little bit. Leal is a guy that does have some inside-out flexibility. Um, you know, I don't like him there full uh, full time, but um, you give yourself a little bit more flexibility when you've got a guy like that and a guy like Chris Jones, um, who has also played on the edge a little bit. I did have them taking D'Angelo Malone um, from Western Kentucky in the third round, so you're getting a little bit more of that yep. edge versatility, a little more undersized type player that you probably don't want playing hand in the dirt, um, but it gives you a lot of options to have that kind of talent um, up front. You can, you can move them around and do a lot of different things and um, create a, a lot of different looks for opposing offenses. And Josh, is there anybody, final question, is there anybody that stands out to you? Because everybody's got their favorite player in the draft. It doesn't have to be a first rounder. It can be a fifth rounder. It can be whoever you want. But most everybody's got their favorite player, and it can be picked anywhere. Maybe it's Aiden Hudson. I don't know. Maybe it is. Is there a favorite player of yours in this draft? Oh, man, I've got one uh, probably for each round at this point. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, right. it, it's, it's like asking me to pick amongst my, my kid Your at this kids? point. Um, <laughs> I get it. You know, but uh, Danny Gray, a wide receiver from oh, SMU, wow. is a guy that yeah. I love. Um, probably a fourth-round fourth guy. Um, he's honestly getting a little bit more juice now as we get later in the process, but um, somebody that I've valued for quite a long time. I mean, he's – a little on the slimmer side, but a guy that can make a lot of plays after the catch, and that's what you're looking for in today's NFL. So I, I don't think you can overlook that. Um, Drake Jackson, an edge rusher from USC, I think anybody that gets him is going to be very lucky because he has the size and the speed that you look for in the position, and I just don't think USC used him properly. Um, they used him in space. They asked him to drop in a coverage, and that's just not his strength. Um, he's a guy that needs to be working off the edge, um, bending at the waist, um, you know, working vertically towards the quarterback. 
And I think once he's given an opportunity to do that at the next level, his production is going to increase. Yeah, Jackson is definitely a guy that that's intriguing for sure. But I like that you brought up Danny Gray. I was actually going to bring him up later, Bink, as a guy that we're yeah. not talking enough about as someone that could be, you know, a Z at the next level, someone that could come into the Chiefs offense and provide a vertical threat, some speed threat. So, and so I was looking for Josh. I was looking for that guy. There you go. Everybody's got their guy. It doesn't matter what round or whatever. Everybody's got the guy. But Josh Edwards, follow him on Twitter at EdwardsCBS. He does great stuff uh, for the NFL draft. I really enjoy his work. Thanks for coming on, Josh. Anytime, guys. Thank you. All right, thank you. And there you go, Josh Edwards right there from CB Danny Gray. He, that's his no, guy. I was going to bring him up later. That's funny. That, that, that's, that's funny. Yeah, no, he's, he's a guy that could definitely be, you know, a, a Z. You know, I, I've heard people give, uh, give him the Darnell Mooney comp, the Chicago Bears wide receiver, kind of that speedy, you know, slimmer guy. Is that about that, right? Fourth round, I think. Yeah. I think it's about fourth round. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, four, the, three, three speed. So he's exactly. He's a Danny very fast dude. Yes. Yes. Yeah. No SMU wide receiver. And he's six foot too. So I, I like that about him. I mean, Keep an eye on Danny Gray. Yeah. Keep an eye on Absolutely. Days, especially in that offense at SMU. When we come back, we'll address what Josh Edwards say, plus look at the Debo Samuel issue and talk a little bit more about that. Will he leave San Francisco or not? We discuss that next. You're listening to Bink's NFL Draft Special on 610 Sports Radio, brought to you by Window World, the official window of the Kansas City Chiefs. Welcome back to the Chiefs Draft Special. I love the band music, man. This is straight off the high school show or the college show we did. Julio. Got, got that college feel, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, college was always with me on the college show. Yeah. It's always fun talking. Oh, no, yeah. This, this reminds me colleges. of, uh, like, playing NCAA football on, like, you know, PS4. You know, it's just uh, it's in the background. Or PS3, I should say, not PS4. I, I, wish still, I, I still like and can never get away from 04 college wow, football. Wow, really? Oh, they... It's my favorite. EA Sports 04 college football. Is that the one with Larry Fitzgerald on the front? No. Oh. No, it wasn't Larry Fitzgerald. I think but it's it, 05. But I kept going and playing. I'd go by 05, 06, 07. I think I stopped doing it 08. But wow. I would take them back. I was like, this can't replace how much fun. Because you get used to the buttons and everything. And I love the... Because when you play like year after year, the guys are gone. And I know they were kind of using their likeness right. sometimes. But all those guys are gone to the NFL. And so you have to go recruit... Yeah. Different guys. Some all my receivers are 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, <laughs> Every single line was 350 pounds plus. Man. And I'd put a safety at edge rusher. Just... <laughs> <laughs> no, man. I, lo- I I used to play the heck out of that game. NCAA Football 11 was the one that I played the most. Uh, you know, I think it was Tebow on the cover. But, We're going to get to see this again as soon as, soon I know as it's EA coming. ponies up for players. I don't know how much it's going to cost No, it's them. coming. I think next summer is when they're, they're it's coming out again. So uh, I you can't know, wait. I will be. Yeah, you won't see me for a week when that comes out. I will <laughs> I'll be 10 years into my friend, my dynasty uh, by the time I come out of my hole when that comes out. Well, something we talked about with uh, Josh Edwards here, because on CBS he had a piece about how uh, Debo Samuel might change the draft, which he could because Jets have two early first-round picks. They're looking for wide receiver. They made a hard play at Tyree Kill, didn't get him. You would have to think they would be in on Debo. I don't yeah. think he gets moved, to be honest with you, but... I mean, if a guy don't want to be there, he don't want to be there. So well, you have to deal with that in the Packers for sure, too. Right. And I know you're saying, well, they just got rid of Devontae Adams. Well, you're not going to have to pay him as much as Devontae, in my opinion. Because yeah. no, he's like won't. four, four, four to five million so. left uh, or less than that and younger. Yeah. And Devontae's been playing since, so, since 14 in the yeah. NFL. So they went younger. And Aaron hasn't said anything. Yeah. Like, usually he does not like when his pieces are... Of course, move. But he hadn't said it. Well, he's getting paid too much stuff. But no, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the Jets first because it's a logical one. I, I really, it really is. I mean, Robert Salah was the defensive coordinator for the Niners when De- in Debo's rookie year, so he kind of he kind of knows what it's like to go against Debo Samuel in, in a practice for sure. Knows how dangerous he is. 
but it is interesting that yeah, he's kind of. It's not about the money. He says it's about the the role, and so I it makes you think he doesn't want to be used in such a you know kind of a, a slash Cordell Stewart kind of way where he's just he all is. over the. But that's exactly so. If you're not being used like that, then are you worth? Well, the funny thing million. is, it's a little over nine million for running back franchise tags, eighteen point <laughs> nine for receivers. So oh get, my gosh! Yeah. And it's even more for than tight ends. It's like Travis Kelsey. At some point, you say you know, two years ago he had seventy seven catches, twelve hundred yards. From the slot. Like, yeah. he wasn't even handling yeah, the dirt Mike, at that Mike, point. Mike Gusecki, we've talked about it on your show. He's more of a wide receiver yeah. than, a, than a tight end. But anyway, here's Adam Schefter today, because he's mentioning something else about Debo we haven't talked about as far as the role and more money. Is there something else that Debo's looking for? There are a lot of receivers right now who are not showing up to their team's offseason programs. Debo Samuel, not there. Scrub the 49ers logos off his social media pages. Clearly unhappy. My understanding is, and we'd have to hear from Debo himself, I'm sure there are a multitude of factors as to why he would like to be traded, but I think one of them is the fact that he simply prefers to be closer to home, South Carolina, not out west in California. California, San Francisco chose him. He didn't choose that. How many people leave school and go where they don't have to go? Debo is in that situation. I think he'd like to be closer to home somehow. Now, again, there are other issues, of course. We'll see if the two sides can figure out a way to work it out, but it's still a difficult trade to complete as much as he doesn't want to be back in San Francisco. And then the question becomes, if they can't deal him, what then? All right, so there's something new. Because Chris Sims was talking about this, too, on Pro Football Talk. That, okay, we talked about the money and the role, but he wants to be closer to home. Well. If that was the case, then throw the Falcons yeah. in there, because that would be, or the Panthers. Well, you know, I actually saw this on Twitter, so I, I don't know if you did, but uh, Devo Samuel actually on his Instagram story in reaction to this actually kind of laughed at the fact that Adam Schefter mentioned uh, him, you know, b- that being a factor. Oh, in he all laughed this. at this. So, yes. So I don't, you know, who knows is, what's true. This is the thing with, with all of this. This the, How crazy this offseason has been is with, with the wide receiver market is just like all these guys, you know, it's just take your bio or, you know, take the team out of your bio. All of a sudden you're making, you know, you're, you're, that's how you get the, the money nowadays, apparently, or just, or just, you know, just be uh, cryptic. On, on social media it is it is weird how, how it's gotten at this point where it just seems like every player as soon as they are in any sort of uh, position to get an extension or get get money it's just it becomes a social media thing back I haven't seen if you've unfollowed me or not because you didn't like the the pizza choices cold right. pizza instead of warm pizza for you tonight Ron so oh, cold uh, pizza I gotta make sure but my, my thing is this with Debo Samuel I, I love Debo Samuel we did a uh, touchdown postseason draft in here with the 610 guys and Debo is the guy that actually traded up the get. And he ended oh, up getting wow, a nice. couple touchdowns, but yes. I thought they were going to be a better team than what people were saying, giving them credit for it. The 49ers would win and a couple did. of playoff games, and, and they, they did. did. Yeah. But uh, but with Debo Samuel, I just I, I just can imagine him and Andy Reid's offense. I can just imagine the damage you do. But then again, I look at this draft, and I like the depth of wide receiver. And the bottom line is, you look at last year, the Chiefs really needed a left tackle bad. I mean, they tried to get Trent Williams. They almost got him, too. And it came down to 2 or 3 in the morning between the Chiefs and the Niners. Right. He decided to stay there. And then you look at some of these tackles in the draft that could have fallen the Chiefs, like Liam Eisenberg and, well, Alex Leatherwood ended up a guard and Sam Cosme. And yeah. Do you trust them at left tackle? Because they ended up playing right tackle or moved to guard in the NFL. And the Chiefs realized this. They said there's nobody here in yeah. the draft where we're picking, so we got to make a move. Well, let's give Baltimore a call and try for Orlando Brown. I'm still shocked that Baltimore treated with the Chiefs. But – they looked at the tackle situation and said, I don't see a left tackle. But I don't think you could look at the wide receiver class the same way you looked at the left tackles last year. That's why I think they would 
would be more prone and not worried about it. And they brought in Juju and MVS, so they're not desperate. I think that's a great point, though, Jay, because I do think left tackle, offensive tackle in general, actually, you know, nowadays, it's just so hard to find if you're not picking, you know, pretty high in the draft. I mean, if you really want a, a solidified guy that's going to be a, a, a franchise left tackle, it, it's usually guys that are picked pretty high, right? It's really hard to find, you know, take those swings. Receiver, we all know it's, it is much easier to find guys that can be effective. So, yeah, you, you know, maybe if it was a, an edge rusher in, in that same position or, or, you know, another position that was a little more valuable or a little harder to find, I guess. Receiver is, is much easier to find, especially at the position the Chiefs are drafting. With all this draft capital they have in the third and second round, first, late first round, obviously. Man, yeah, that, I don't see a reason to, to trade for a receiver like Debo when you can just, you know, I, I know there's not going to – you're not guaranteed a Debo Samuel-like player, obviously, but – I think there's a lot of good players in this in this draft that I would I would take over over trading and paying for a Debo Samuel. Twenty six years old too. I mean, you know, he I, I think we just saw the peak of Debo Samuel. That that's my opinion. I, I don't think we're gonna I don't think he's ever gonna be as valuable as he is right now. And that's what I'm a little worried about. Then you're then you're you know trading and paying a guy that is never gonna be as good as you just saw, in my opinion. Well the one thing is, I mean, I could just imagine like, he would be a perfect fit. But a of lot course, of guys of in the course, draft, right? you, you've seen it, Ron, everybody's Saying, and keep in mind, Percy Harvin was actually before Debo as far as, you know, could do. But the Cordell Patterson does the same thing as Debo. And I think more and more teams are looking for that guy. And, you know, Miami's one to use Tyreek more in the backfield. I, I, I'm i worried about that, though. I mean, I, I mean, the Chiefs were doing that, but do you do you want to run as effective as a wide receiver if you keep putting him in the backfield? But with Sky Moore and with Christian Watson, yeah. with all these different guys, they're talking about, okay, these guys could be Traylon Burks, another guy you're talking about, you know, the backfield and a wide receiver. Right. But it seems like, just like Tyron Matthew, I thought was kind of the pillar for what people want in the defensive back. You can play free safety, you can play in the box, you can play linebacker if they wanted to, uh, you can play nickel, you can do a lot of different things. I think he kind of set the bar for what you think of defensive backs, not defined roles, like your free safety, strong safety, right. yeah, or yeah. nickel corner. He kind of said he can do it all. Yeah. And I and think with Debo, he's kind of created this in the draft that you look for those. Because yeah. now running backs are going to wide receiver. Yeah. Like, you look at their body size, and they're running backs, man. Well, and that's the thing. And just when you're growing up in football now, when players are growing up in, in football, they are it, – it's seven on seven. It, it, it's off it's, – you know, it's off season. You know, the, these skills – these skills positions. Running backs – and, you know, you're right. I think receivers are just – everyone becomes a receiver now. Everyone becomes a defensive back now. I think, you know, you're seeing that in the draft, and that's why it's so easy to find a receiver. And it's going to come to a head eventually where – you know, there's going to be a lot of receivers that are worth probably a lot of money, and it's just going to continue to kind of, you know, there's going to be this this large class of receivers, and I feel like there's going to be this bubble eventually that just pops because there's so many good receivers in the NFL. I think we're heading to that point. It's going to be it's going to be weird. Yeah, even like Odell Beckham could have been running back at LSU, but I'm just saying <laughs> they, people choose wide receivers. It's where all the yeah. elite talent's going because the money, you saw the free agency. I mean, the money's going to wide receivers. Well, ex- exactly. That's the thing, yeah. And it's because it's such an important position, but there's also so many of them. So it's kind of this conundrum. Like, eventually, it, you know, do they just all price each other out? It's, it is weird. It is weird. Coming up next, Dorn Eystrom from NBC Edge. Love this guy. as a mock drafter. And yes. they talk a draft. Anything he does, does great college football analysis as well. And Lucas Cruel, the tight end from Mill Valley that went to Pittsburgh, joins us at 715. We do all that uh, next. You're listening to Bink's NFL Draft Special on 610 Sports Radio, brought to you by Window World, the official window of the Kansas City Chiefs. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hyundai. 